ladies and gentlemen, for no good reason. Hi. Hi, everyone. We're back. Longhorn Nation, we're back. What's up, Sam? Hey, man. What's up? You know, same old shit, just a different day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today's actually a Saturday due to the fact that we had Snowpocalypse Part 2 just happened in the great state of Texas. Uh, so we pushed things back to a Saturday. Did you survive? I think clearly I did survive. I see Sean doesn't want to do the whole podcasting talk it out bit, but no, that's cool. I mean, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was like the Wild West out there. I had to work from home for a day. Super exciting stuff. I uh, sat there in my pajamas and didn't do much of anything. Yeah. Did you go to the store at all? I uh, planned a little bit ahead of time and had some ramen noodles in case uh, the world burned down. I could at least survive for a little bit. And My God, stores were hilariously picked over. Ravaged. Like, you cannot find bread in this entire area, even if you tried. (laughs) Holly, it was stupid. I know last night, Sam and I ended up going in, uh, doing a little bit of shopping and happened to find the last bag of tortilla chips in the entire <laughs> store of Walmart. Um, and I didn't know that would ever be a problem I would ever have is to find tortilla chips, but it was a struggle last night. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's insane. I, I just don't get why people feel the need to buy all this crap, even though it's going to be below 20 for two days. Yeah, like who needs chips that bad? I Apparently like, everyone. All the essentials were still there. Like right. stuff that you need to survive. Like peanut butter, toilet yeah. paper. Stuff that like, you know, powers out, we're right. in trouble. What's easy? Ah, forget about it. We'll clean out all the meat, you know, all the chips, all the gummies were gone. Dang. Yeah, I need the gummy smiles. Dang. It's just people see, oh well everyone's taking it, so I should too, right? <laughs> I guess something like that. It was, it's a dumbass thing we Texans do. Yeah, but you know, should never have to apologize for being the best. Amen. Um. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, literally nothing in my life is different than the last time we sat down and talked. Um, wow. Still working the same job. Duck season's over now, so I'm not doing that. I get to sleep in a little bit on the weekends, which is awesome. Um. But nothing crazy. What about you? Eh, nothing nuts. Got a couple races um, in South Texas coming up here in the next little bit. Um, ooh, I bought concert tickets. What? For the first time in forever. For who? Uh, people you don't want to see. It's for Under Oath, <sighs> Spirit Box, and Bad Omens. Yeah, but when I try to get you to come see uh, people with me, you're like, oh, I'll buy them week of maybe. Okay. People that we uh, both actually like. It's not just me saying, hey. Uh, Who? Delta Spirit. Oh, yeah. Bitch. Look, here's the thing. There are bands where, like, I assume something's going to happen, like, during a tour or, like, at the end of the tour. And there are bands where I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to buy the tickets now because I just got to get them. I like Delta Spirit. I will happily see them. But due to the nature of everyone getting COVID and crap getting canceled left and right, I don't want to blow my money yet. I mean, if they don't, like, have the concert, you'll get your money back. Well, yeah. Yeah. Funny how that works, Sam. <clears throat> anyway, 
What have you been listening to? Bro, bro, the scene has been popping off. You and your scene. Dude, like, <laughs> like the first couple weeks of January were pretty quiet, but, oh my god, dude, Metalcore and Deathcore have had just a run in the last two weeks. Uh, Fit for an Autopsy just released a record, and it was stupid good. Shadow of Intent did. Comeback Kid was a spectacular new record. Um, Under Oath's new record was it was it was fine i'm only going to that show to see spirit box i don't really care about under oath um i listened to shovels and ropes uh, record from a couple years ago called by blood that was a lot of fun what else uh... <laughs> have you ever heard dad vibes by a uh, limp biscuit no i've never heard dad vibes <laughs> by a limp biscuit <laughs> it is such a fun stupid song um anyway. <laughs> it's amazing fred durst is the goat if we're being honest why is he a goat what have you been listening to you dickhead oh i've been i've been more all over the place than i have been in a while um for some reason i got in the mood to listen to some joy division the other day um which is not something i'm ever really in the mood for but i was like you know what it's time. This, it, this just feels right. Um, and that led me to a little bit of Echo and the Bunnymen. What? Come on, dude. Who the hell? <laughs> dude, <laughs> I guarantee you I can play you a song like you would know by them. That is such a stoner band name. Holy crap. Lips Like Sugar. Oh, my God. I don't okay. know. All right, guys, we're going to call it quits today. Uh, this is the end of the episode. Um... We're done here. All right. Um, I've also been listening to a little bit of Molly Tuttle and her new album is going to be coming out. Um, kind of like a weird, I don't know where to put her, folk, country, Americana, in that, that genre vein somewhere. And then, honestly, a little bit of Alice in Chains. Sweet. Yeah, that, that nice. started listening to them the other day on a way to a morning duck hunt that was supposed to happen. That uh, my buddy decided to sleep in, and we got there, and he was still an hour away. No, and like, you know this guy. Was it the like? Was this the last weekend of the season? Yeah, it was the the last weekend of the season. My Saturday hunt got dagger got blown um, by a guy that I won't name. I'm not that mad at him. I won't call him out on that on on the internet. But you're not happy. With he him is right a little now. bitch, and he knows it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've been kind of all over the place. See, in case it's not wildly obvious, Sean and I have severely diverging music tastes when we're not doing something for the show. Like, it overlaps enough. Sometimes. But he just listed off bands I I didn't know existed. And I listed off <laughs> ones he didn't know existed, so... I've heard you mention them before, a couple of them. And you knew Alice in Chains, don't lie. Right. And, like, you've heard Spirit Box, because I've been raving about them for six months. Yeah, you've got a big old heart on for them. I it, I wear that proudly. <laughs> I I see it all the time. So we're drinking beer right now. What uh, is it? I think it's it's a Trapel. Uh, it says Carmelite. I actually was first exposed to this beer by a guy who I lived with in college that had a dog that may or may not have been autistic. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> love love Carl to death. Carl's the dog. Um, 
But Danny exposed me to this beer, and it is a killer beer. Like, it's a $10 bottle, but it's two pints worth of it, and it is phenomenal. Prost. That just smells and tastes like happiness, but also like kind of weirdly sour. Yeah. It's, it's like what I want every Trapel to be. Yeah. It's a little bit easier drinking than most Trapels, at least American Trapels. And it comes in, um, you know, a big bottle that you would associate with like, or it's at least covered in like the cage and the cork that you normally see on champagne bottles. Sam called it pretentious. It is pretentious. It's delightful, but it's pretentious. Yeah, it's true. It's very, very true. Um, so last week we did top five records, um, yep, that, that influence, like that was a lot of fun actually. Um, we are not done doing album reviews. Uh, in fact, this week, which you can tell by the title of this podcast, uh, this is one of, uh, Sean's picks. So we are talking about the album Wendigo by Penny and Sparrow, which I believe was released in 2017. Uh, something like that. Okay. Let me, let me I fact checked yet. Um, but Penny and Sparrow was That's correct. That is a, like a band that I picked up uh, my sophomore year of college. Um, some friends, I saw them at the rec at um, the A and M rec center. I should clarify. And they're like, "Hey, you going to the show tonight?" And I was like, "What? What you, the show?" They're like, "Yeah, this is like this is a band called Penny and Sparrow. They're playing with the Oholos in Houston tonight. You should go." And I was like, "What?" Um, I didn't know them at all. So a couple of my friends and I, uh, drove from CSTAT to White Oak Music Hall. And I believe the North side of Houston, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, great venue. And I knew nothing of Penny and Sparrow. Um, but when they played their song, Honest Wage, my world kind of fell apart. I'll be honest. That, that one hits that, like a different way. Oh, so I've been in love with Penny and Sparrow, so when Sean brought this to the table, I was excited. So, this is, this this band is actually a two-piece. It's Kyle and Andy. Um, these two guys met at that community college over in Austin. Um, they were roommates for a while and decided, hey, uh, maybe we should just start singing or something. You know, I didn't know that they were roommates. Yeah, they, cool. were, they were roommates for at least a little period of time. That's how I think that's how they met. I don't know if they knew each other before. And I want to say there was like a ridiculous amount of people in that house or apartment or whatever it was. It was not the amount that were legally supposed to be in there, <laughs> as it as happens often in college houses, and it should. Um, who needs rules? Um, so these guys are two of the goofiest individuals i've ever seen um good looking fellas oh yeah what was that oh yeah (laughs) look i am the most heterosexual man any of you will ever meet but i will also call it a good looking man when i see them and kyle long hair kyle better than short hair kyle fact that man can grow a damn good beard and he has great head of hair and he can sing and play the guitar my gosh these guys are insane it's so kyle plays guitar and sings mostly harmonies and andy has the voice of an angel um and just completely is able to captivate whatever audience he's in front of um (laughs) 
but these guys are pretty awesome. Uh, I actually saw them in a room with Sam before I really knew Sam. <laughs> we were on opposite sides of That's the auditorium. Right. That's right. At A&M. And I remember thinking, who are these jokers? And Was that your first time seeing them? That was my first time seeing them. Oh, dude. And so, like, I'm sitting there, and everybody's just in complete silence. Like, you get, like, a little claps after the after each, like, song. But, like, I've never been to a a show where these, like, an, any artist was able to just completely control an entire room and, and hold everybody's attention for that long of a period of time. Dude, so they were in Rutter Auditorium that night, right? Yeah. I, I always got them confused. Rutter yeah, Theater. Was, just, I don't know. They're I don't in, know either. They're in the Rudder building. <laughs> and so Joy Oladukin opened for them. Um, we talked about her several shows ago now when we brought on our friend Matthew. But Joy was the perfect opener for them. And then these boys... It's like a crappy theater, right? Like, it's run down, it's old, it's A&M. Yeah, it's like built in the Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) And and Sean's right. Like, they commanded the room in such a weird way. Like, they're making jokes the whole time. Like, uh, Andy is holding a, like, plastic cup of uh, almost certainly very high-proof bourbon. Oh, it was definitely not water. And the... If y'all are aware of like the fuck, fuck Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. like account, um, it had that same kind of like blue stripe on it. I'd like to thank Rudder for this fuck Jerry cup. <laughs> when Andy said that, the whole room just kind of like stopped for a moment and just lost it. Oh, they covered the boxer that night, didn't they? Yep, they did. Dude, that Which was so funny. I think it's up there with like one of the hardest songs to pull off. Like with a guitar and two but like two voices that's yeah it. and they did a, a fun bit um yeah, audience participation portion yeah um with that song and they're pretty freaking cool dudes yeah if you they like they're worth the follow on like instagram <laughs> when they released uh finch their uh, second most previous record that's a terrible way to say that their second, second newest last, record yeah um they were drunk posting stories they're always doing that shit they were bouncing back and forth Kyle or sorry Andy is drunk off his rocker and he's holding whiskey he's like I got me some juice Kyle what do you got and Kyle responds back and is actually holding orange juice and he's like Andy no this is juice goes back to (laughs) Andy and he's like wrong again Kyle holds up a bottle of bourbon that he's been killing that night this is juice and I that is forever etched in my brain like they are so fun on the internet. Uh, definitely give them the follow. And uh, I know we're about to tell you to listen to an album of theirs. But if you ever get the chance to see these two live, <clears throat> I'm telling you it's a different thing. It's a different experience entirely. Um, the whole captivating the room and holding everybody's attention yeah. bit, I guess, I haven't seen replicated ever or anything even close to it. And tickets and are like 30 bucks, yeah, usually. Like they're this, really cheap. It's a really cheap night, guys. Like, pre-game a little bit with some bourbon or something. You know, that's what they would want. But, like, these guys are worth 30 bucks, I'd say. Get your bros. Get your hoes. Get hey, to the hey, show. Hey, it's 2022. Get the hoes and then the other hoes. Okay. Got to be inclusive. Um, Wendigo. Yes. Talk about it, bitch. 
Wendigo. Um, so when I brought, we brought Penny, I brought Penny and Sparrow to the table um, to talk about, we weren't really sure which album we were going to go with. We had kind of kicked some stuff around and they just dropped an album like a week ago now. Mm-hmm. Probably be two weeks, two or three weeks ago when we post this bad boy. And um, we thought maybe we'd do that one. And so we gave it a shot and it's nothing wrong with it. It just didn't hit for me or Sam the way that some of their previous stuff did. And it's still a good album. But, uh, Wendigo, excuse me, golly. Beer. <laughs> it's probably, probably my favorite album of theirs. Um, it's got some songs that just absolutely hit. Yeah. In this record, they are so, like, they're just killing it lyrically. But even better, they're killing it sonically. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm a lyric guy. I haven't really taken a huge, big, deep dive into their lyrics. I haven't. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff I have. Um, and there's some stuff that I've tried to look into. And I'm like, wow, these guys read at a much higher level than I do. And have read a lot more than I have. And it is clear in some of their lyrics that... These guys have a way with words. Um, you know, they're they're de- definitely poets between the two of them. I don't know who does the majority of what writing, but they both read. If you go on their website, it's a big bit yeah. for them. Like they always have current books that they're reading, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, we settled on Wendigo. Uh, Sam was super excited about that. Yeah, this record holds a really special place in my heart. Um, I wrestled with depression a ton in college, um, and this came out in 2017, like we mentioned, which was, uh, I forget what time of year it was that the record came out, but it was either the end of my junior year or start of my senior year, and I'll be honest, folks, like I was kind of drowning in school. Uh, My life was wrapped up in that, and I was kind of in a dark place, Uh, and just the concepts that they brought up in Wendigo uh, really spoke to me. So I'm really excited that we landed here because I definitely have a lot to say. Um, yeah, something also to point out is this record is the end of the Christian Penny and Sparrow because they leaned into that narrative really hard their first couple records, mm-hmm. um, and they lean into it hard here. But since then, I don't think they do so much anymore like Finch and Ollie Ollie I don't think they do much unless I'm crazy I think that they've moved away from it slightly on a musical level I don't know how they are really like religiously in their private lives but this album definitely has the last big lean into it right it is just oozing and dripping and seeping with Christianity. Okay. Um, the album starts with the title track, Wendigo. Um, what the fuck is a Wendigo? It's some sort of... Uh, big. I'm, I'm going to say Bigfoot-like. That's not accurate. But like, it's an enigma. It's like one of those mm. folklore monsters. It's not a good thing. It's not like a... I meant to prepare that part of the notes, and I didn't. 
Um, yeah. But it is some sort of monster, basically, in, in folk tales in America and Canada, like Northern America and Canada. Um, is Canada not a part of North America? I'm anyway. talking about America. <laughs> yeah. So a Wendigo, from what I understand, is just like the Loch Ness Monster or like Sean said, Bigfoot. It's like it's this concept of... An enigma. Right. It's this monster in the closet. It's this undefined evil like idea that just permeates everything once it kind of gets into the narrative. Yeah. This song... Goes so I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak sonically. Uh, their harmonies here in this song are so eerie and creepy. Like <laughs> if you were to play those particular chords they're creating on instruments, you can make them sound really freaking creepy. Um, this song is about a back and forth kind of between, well maybe more of just a like. A one-sided conversation with two lovers um, hmm. okay and basically trying the one lover trying to convince the other to trust them is that you have anything along those lines no I, I'm fascinated where you're gonna take this <sighs> yeah um, so like it's hard to explain I, I, I don't know how to explain it I don't that's what I kind of picked up on um, what I mean is that verse that says, look in the mirror, babe. Yeah. Uh, look at the one I'm with, the face I kiss, you and me for keeps. It is. Yeah, he's trying to basically say, no, like, no, this is what it is. And I think going back to that Wendigo idea, it's that oh, I'm not putting my thoughts together right now. So I'll, I'll offer a slightly different tangent. Like, it could be a lover, but if you, if you could take the word lust and make that a concept like love er it's like like a lust er yeah um it it feels like this creepy like pulling in like these fingers just giving you like the come here like this monster inviting as i feel like it's the siren call i don't know like it's it's a very creepy song yeah. um i think what i find most interesting sonically is it like the song stops like two-thirds of the way through like everything just cuts out for a minute and things come back to life after that which i can only imagine is this whole concept of like death when to go the Loch Ness monster whatever yeah um so kind of kind of going with your almost magical being um and kind of combining it here with my lover that's trying to reach for anything this it kind of wraps up here with old incantation say my name three full times usher and tell you that i've been broken i can become any miracle you need mm. it's like putting a spell on somebody to make them think that they're the fix they're yeah. the one yeah and like it's that, that's kind of that, that's what i was looking for it's like it is that that relationship that you're you may have been in where you feel like you're you're in the right spot but somebody may not feel like they're actually feeling the same way and you're like no 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 like, mm. like mm. you're seeing things all wrong and you try to cast this incantation <laughs> over them and you know like oh, it's cool it's cool but 
it, it's like the great it's a great way to start the record i title tracks first are usually a little like bleh, it's bold but it's it's good um we roll from there into double heart which okay <laughs> this is i can't say it's top of the record for me just because there's so many heavy hitters here but double heart is tough it is um yeah it's it's oh, man so sonically speaking it's mm. slow mm-hmm. to start out you know it's almost like somebody singing to uh to their lover again this, there's a lot of love in this album like whether it be good or bad. Um, it says, our clothes are super drawn out. Um, mm. On the shore I know is not the place to start. It's like the shore is representing a a meeting of two forces, hmm. water and land, you know. Um, and so like there's some sort of friction happening here. Interesting. To see the start. That's, why, that's, that's how I see that. Thing. So like, um, and although undeniable, you've captured captured half of my double heart. What do you think about that? No, I I like the concept of the shore. I think that's actually really interesting. Um, that definitely breathes life into the idea that stuck out to me is just that it's almost as if someone is trying to convince themselves to be bought into some concept, whether it's love or an idea or whatever. I love when he says, you just read it, although undeniable, you've captured half of my double heart. So there's this tension, right? Like internally, there's this push and pull and whoever you is has wrapped up half of it. Like you've got part of me, not most of me, but I'm just... And then he keeps, or whoever is the narrator, keeps saying, please go fall apart. Thump and flood, restart. Come on, double heart. Like, he is just pleading. Like, he wants to be bought in, but for whatever reason, he's not. Is it potentially internal stubbornness over Mm. not wanting to let go of themselves necessarily? Going back to my love idea mm. here, well, could it be that it's an internal struggle to say yes and like this is this is where I want to go, like this is where I feel like it, but also like, but, what, but like mm, that internal hesitation that yeah, and that that's part that resonated with me. I was like, huh, right. I feel like I felt that one before. I I agree. I think it's spoken well in the bridge where it's the lyric, the same lyric read five or six times over. It just says, keep or let go. It's worth it. And, and so when they, when they do this part, it's both of them going back and forth. It's not Kyle or Andy singing mm-hmm. both parts. It's, I think it's, I don't know which one's singing which part. So it's two different people in the song singing it. And I almost read it as a, question keep or let go right and so going back to that internal struggle mm-hmm. keep or let go and the little devil on your shoulder yeah. or 
person on your shoulder. I don't know if it's no, either good or bad. Right. Just saying it's worth it. You know, it's that repetitive back and forth. And this part of the song gets me going every time. Like this, it's almost round like. It's obviously not around. There's two lines. But right. like yeah. the way they present it, it's just like, hell yeah. And it, I think this song is mostly talk, is mostly talking about that stepping off point in a love or some idea that you're trying to buy into. It's like you're ready and you're going to commit, but as soon as you actually have to like jump into the pool or like take that first step into love or whatever it is, that's the scariest step. Oh, for sure. And he's saying like, it's the go or don't. It's, it's not. It's make the decision. Right. Don't half-ass it. Don't. Right. Don't just bullshit your way through it. Because that's not going to work either way. Right. Uh, Double Heart is spectacular. I, it's a heavy hitter on this record for sure. I played that pretty early in that first set that I saw them. And yeah. I that's, that's the moment I thought, holy shit. Right. The whole room was singing the opposite part. Like that. And that. Right. Like. They actually went and were singing harmony on that one piece, and then everybody else would repeat what the it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And, oh my god! And there might have been a hundred people in that, that room. It felt like the room was it was not a full room by any means. Right, should have been because it was like a Tuesday night during like yeah. finals or something. And I, I bought tickets like two hours before. Right, because I was like, oh, sh- damn it, I'll go. Yeah, whatever. Right, because like I had kind of been exposed to them, but not too much. I was like, whatever, we'll go. And now they're one of my favorites. So from Double Heart, we roll into the song that I I have cried to many times. There's a lot of us in here is, it's heavy. I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. Like, it's just a heavy, heavy song. It is um, a really good way to sum up the depression that I felt in college. Um, so there's a lot of us in here is oozing and dripping, like I was saying earlier, with Christianity themes. Um, So what they're referencing here is a story where there is a man who's being, um, I don't know the phrase here, controlled by a thousand or however many demons, right? Like Jesus speaks to this man and to the demons, and he's saying, like, what's your name? Or whatever he says, and the demons say back, I am legion. So the idea that like there's a lot of us in here is just there's a lot of competing voices and most of them are bad. Like that, holy crap. I <laughs> During college when I was wrestling with depression and there's just so many voices in my head, this song just spoke into life, everything I felt. And that's why I connected with it so hard. I adore this song. That, that's pretty awesome this is not one that i connected with um i also had similar struggles but i didn't have this particular song catch me at that point in time so mm. i think that's why i didn't necessarily connect but that this song is a badass track <laughs> um we gotta talk about um the video that is goes with along goes along with this song there's a video which sean totally watched and prepared for uh the show um what it is, is... Maybe you should tell me you're going to talk about a video and say, hey, so now I can talk about it back. Maybe you should do your homework before the show. Uh, uh, no, what the video is, is 
picture like a full house intro. Like Whatever the, happened to me, baby. Right. Where it says like starring Bob Saget, rest in peace. Um, with Mary and Ashley Kate Olsen, like whoever Mary Ashley and Kate. So, no. <laughs> you said Mary <laughs> Forgive me. Mary Kate and Ashley. Mary Kate and Ashley shoot me. Um, it's basically like those like starring with also with but it's Andy and Kyle and all their friends dressing up differently and like shaving their beards and they do that for three minutes and then at the end of the video it cuts out and it's Andy and Kyle watching the TV as they are like as if they were watching that TV show introduction um, just to kind of tell the point of there's a lot of us in here Um, yeah I don't know I I love the line um, it says a crude but truthful plea Dispossess me of all the shit that keeps possessing me. Uh, you salvage me, cloven a thousand times. Make believe that we, blown apart, could be woven and redesigned. Oof. That, <laughs> woof. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone has been just broken so many times over, but... You're still m- able to come back and be right. something, whether the same or different. You know, he says redesigned, but mm. it's just cool. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how far you've gone, blown apart, right, could still come back. You know, like, right, come back, be woven together and redesigned. Yeah, and I mentioned that this is kind of the end of Penny and Sparrow's like Christian themes being deeply in their music. Um, at the end of the story in the Bible, where Jesus is talking to this man being uh, controlled by demons. The story ends with these demons um, being sent into pigs. Like, they're cast out of the man into these pigs that are nearby, and then these pigs uh, run off the side of a cliff. Well, the verse in the song reads, We would rather be sent uh, running off a cliff edge. I did not phrase that well. (laughs) Cliff edge. edge. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I love this song. It's just amazing. Edge. Edge, yeah. I'm saying that our beers are close to the edge. Oh, so oh, our, our beers oh. were edging. No, they're not. Oh, we're edging. I thought we were docking. We'll be right back. We need to get some beers. <laughs> We're back. We have beers. What do we have? We've got the Passion Fruit Salty Lady, a limited release from our boys down at Martin House Brewing. Haven't even tried it yet. Um, I just had my first sniff, and <laughs> that is delightful. That is a very familiar smell. What is that? That's like a, some sort of gummy candy growing up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is, um, is it like the, the gummy sharks? Gummy sharks. Yeah, the little ones with the white bottoms. Like you get. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Smell that. No, it, it does have that like rubbery, gummy candy <laughs> smell. That's probably because they threw some shit in here that make it look and taste weird. Whoa. That is delicious. <laughs> what the heck? So, Salty Lady is one of their main like 
year-round beers. It's a, a Goza or Goes, depending on who you ask. Um, it's a great beer, and they've been doing these rotating fruits mm-hmm. and them, and they're selling them in just Tall Boys. When I say Tall Boy, I mean the big Tall Boy. It's great. They're good. Like the variants have been really good. Uh, the passion fruit one that we're having now is great. Uh, the mango one that I had recently, I think it was mango. It also was. super good. Yeah, and then don't forget about the, oh. the blood orange one that they dude they bumped up the ABVs and it was honestly probably more drinkable than this one. This one leans more into that salty lady side. Yeah, it does. It, it definitely has that saline finish on it. That's a little off putting, but. It's just so fun and, and it honestly free. makes it finish clean and refreshing. It's yeah. kind of nice. Like on a hot Texas day, this would be superb by the pool. Like a long hot summer day. Well done. Well done. Then I like well done. They're back. They're back. Um, we're here to talk about music, Sean. And beer. And beer. And, I, and all the references that is made were to both music and beer. And to football. <laughs> okay, that was only because we're dealing with some tea sips over here. Um, so we come into a song on the record that is, like I mentioned, Penny and Sparrow is in their bag with Christianity, and this song is like so heavily influenced uh, by whatever faith they have or previously had. Um, Salome and St. Procula, also cool names. Just want to put that out there. Um, I also trust that I'm pronouncing that right. I know I'm not. Anyway, uh, Salome is the daughter of Herod, um, who executed John the Baptist, uh, or was the reason why he was executed. Um, There's a lyric that says, uh, forerunner over now, and John the Baptist was called the forerunner for Christ or whatever. Um... And now he's dead. So she was the reason why he died. Uh, St. Procula was the wife of Pontius Pilate, who uh, very famously was the reason why Jesus was killed. Um, Not not looking good for these two. No. No. Especially not their spouses. (laughs) Um, The lyric says, they won't be reasoned with, I wash my hands of him, which is basically what Pilate said when he was handing Christ over to the Israelites. Um, Yeah. Honestly, this feels like one of those songs that they uh, just read the Bible and were like, you know what, we're going to put this into a song. And they did a pretty cool job of it here. You yeah. could also listen to this song and not have any idea that they were talking about anything related to this whatsoever. Um, they're very cryptic in the way they speak. Right. Um, the way they, they put together lyrics. So like, I think they do a good job of Hiding things that may be controversial, but also making them very like present in their music. Yeah. Not that this is a controversial song or anything, but <laughs> like just that they're good about twisting words in ways that make people think and whether it, or feel. Yeah, and this is one of those songs that, like Sean's saying, I I heard for years literally years but never knew a thing about what they were saying or what the lyrics were uh and until i did my homework i'm like oh these little bastards snuck one by us pulled a fast one <laughs> i caught you a little sneaky 
So this is probably a good time to discuss uh, Finch, their next record, not in its entirety, but just kind of how it is like their spiritual departure from whatever faith that they held previously. Because Finch, I could be super wrong here. Is that not the bird that Darwin uh, very famously studied and uh, came up with the concept of, of evolution because of? Yeah, Darwin's Finch's, like, which I didn't even put that together until Sam brought it up in the break. I'm not going to lie. I was like, ah, these little bastards snuck another one, fast one by me. Um, that is definitely a spiritual departure for them in some way. You know, it's, it's at least exploring the other side, the other, you know, it's the idea of exploring different ideas outside of what you're comfortable with and what you think you believe, um, which I know I've heard them say is very important to them. It's always, they've, they phrase it as always be willing to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, even if it contradicts your beliefs and your ideas, yeah. um, because that's always going to be productive for you spiritually and whatever you believe to be able to see why somebody believes something and then come back and see well what do i believe differently you know to be able to digest that for yourself mm. and explore different ideas and you know understand where other people are coming from and like be people and like not just have to be all butthurt about stuff all the time you know differences like people people get way worked up over differences you know and that's not something that should be like avoided you know it's something that we should celebrate and like cherish and enjoy like being willing to sit down and have a conversation about so i mean it's a cool thing that about them that you know Mm -hmm. they're always have their ears open yeah i also want to point out i just love their depth like it's, when it comes to a song like Sloan and St. Procula and then two years later release Finch. Those are... Those are deep. Very deep, deep. cuts. In different ways. Different spectrums. And it's, it's cool to be able to see them do that. And so, the next track on the album here is Visiting. It's, it's part one in what is... Kind of a trilogy of death. I mean, maybe mm. like the Grim Reaper here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really cool. Like in a three-part series, they discuss this concept of death, but they humanize it wonderfully. Like uh, this song opens up with the lyrics that say, you're scared of me. Most seem to be. Truth told, you don't know. I'm already gone. Um, See what they bring is versions of quote-unquote me. Uh, That said, I don't choose. All I do is move. I'm actually going to keep reading here because this is is really interesting. It says, now you know that I'm incapable of choosing who to visit, how to do it, even when I can go. How to tell you, well, let me see that I'm just like you. I bend the knee. It's such a cool like set of lyrics it's that death is not the agent mm-hmm. well it is the agent it's not it's not the determining factor death is the servant it, it, he mm. is he she it you know is what it is it is like this thing that moves and does not make 
decisions, you know. Right. Says I bend the knees. I mean, it's not, it's not in control. It's 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 yielding that to another. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm gonna. This is another one that they can they completely cover up with a catchy little like melody here and like you could be completely not paying attention to really what they're saying and this song is beautiful yes um golly yeah i actually i'm just gonna keep reading here because this is one that these definitely fascinating lyrics it's perfect (laughs) the second verse says a certainty taxes and me what well, hey, it's the only two things that are guaranteed. I know, but... Death and taxes. I know, but it's just, it's cool to hear uh, the spoken from death's perspective. He says, ginned up, try to cope, but you ought to know that I will get paid. Don't hate my wage. Um, better yet, settle in. Come and make a friend. That's so cool. I mean, honestly, this is like poetry that... You know, you could have easily studied in English in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have never passed it off as two goofy-ass guys that met in college and were like, hey, uh, I started learning guitar. You want to start, like, <laughs> singing and shit? Because that is what happened. And, like, mm-hmm. these guys, for whatever reason, were able to hit it off and, you know, become true artists on this. Like, like yes. this is art. No, I think you're right. It's they go past musician, like that's a good title for them for I, sure. They I, make. Great I don't music. even think that they would. I think that they would be more artists than musical artists, musician. You're right. right. Like, like, I feel like they you take away the musical aspect of it, and I would you would they would lose a lot of their right. beauty for sure. But like, the way they're able to craft phrases. Um, and explain like put things it's actually incredible it's it's just brilliant um and we'll continue this brilliance in part two of this trilogy called smitten and smitten is gorgeous look continuing that whole uh, narrative there everything is just brilliant like penny and sparrow Penny and Sparrow, <laughs> they exist in a Hall of Fame of two. Them and T-Pain are the only people that can the use f- auto... They are the only people that can use auto-tune in a song, and I'm okay with it. What about Wheezy F Baby? Okay, okay. Three. Fine. Yes. Twist my arm. But this is... What's the F stand for? Sorry, what? What's the F stand for? Foreplay. Um... So this song is just so sonically brilliant, auto-tune included. Um, like the guitar, the violin, the drums all seem kind of distant. And again, kind of like Wendigo, this song just comes to a grinding halt two-thirds of the way through, and then it picks back up. Like I literally thought this song was over many times, and then I'm like, oh, wait, oh, this wait. is the, the same song. Okay, cool. Um, I think something they're doing here is they're... The last two songs don't have your traditional sh- like song structure at all. Like, there's not. You could maybe make the argument the last one has a little bit of a chorus because I do repeat that second bit that Sam read. Um, but they only do it once, and this one for sure doesn't have it. And there's no real clear 
poetic structure here that I have been able to pick up. I'm sure I'm missing something obvious, but um, these guys just know how to play with sounds and words. Yeah, and this is not to beat home the whole Christian narrative, but this is a song lyrically that you can't look at and avoid that whole theme. Uh, It literally says, came upon a cave 30 years or so before the thing that they fuss about. Uh, When you're old enough to speak, you will undo me, speaking to baby Christ or whatever. Um, Jesus. Jesus. Um, He says, I'll have no doubt, I'll have no throat to close my hands around, but for now just sleep, I'll be here when you wake. Um, He says, become, or yeah, uh, here I am, I'm here to see your face, to look upon the great unmaker. Well, that's a fun little play on words because to death, God is the unmaker, right? Mm -hmm. Like he makes life for everyone else except for death. So I don't know, it's just really cool to see death change its perspective on like and looks at it in a completely different way than you could have ever thought about it yourself this is penny and sparrow to a t like they're taking this concept and running with it so much deeper than anyone else would it is just so dense and rich and i don't know without the lyrics sonically gorgeous with the lyrics art it's something that we are not doing any justice on. Um, I'm stupid. Same. Um, and so I know we said that was a trilogy of songs, but we're going to take a break from that and actually go into the next song, which is Kin. Mm. Um, this song starts with just Kyle playing this little riff on his guitar. It's super simple. It's just a downward cadence of notes that absolutely freezes you in your tracks. Hmm. Um, And he plays it two or three times before the song starts, and it's just silence other than that. And, like, you're just seeing this one... It's a five-note, like, piece that just takes your breath away. And I don't really know why. I really don't, because it's nothing complicated at all. Right. I think it's just the air that surrounds the notes and the space in between it is so captivating just from those first few notes like you are just so drawn in um musically and it is just phenomenally well done what's also worth noting here is that kin is by far and away the most listened to song on this record like on spotify kin has 11 and a half million listens and Shit. the next highest is actually Wendigo with at the time of this like count for like four dollars in their wallets uh let's crunch the numbers here yep four dollars and 20 cents to the head yeah so go buy records folks uh but yeah Wendigo the song runs in at 2.7 2.8 million listens like it's not even close not close at all so, Ken is one of those songs where, we've talked about this on the show before, there are songs that I don't know that I want to open up here publicly. I think it is a brilliant song that's going to mean a lot to a lot of different people, um, and I kind of want to leave that to other people to decide what it means to them. Yeah, it's definitely one that people could take a million different ways, and there's lots of space in between, like we kind of discussed in that riff. 
Um, it's a cool one. I think y'all are all going to like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Um, though I can't help but notice there's something that is very not gorgeous about the scene right now here, Shonifer. And, and what is that? Oh, man, that was a lot. Ooh! Yeah, we had intentionally <laughs> told ourselves that we would break after Kin, but my God, <sighs> a mouthful of passion fruit is anything but passionate. Man, we'll be back, folks. everyone thanks for coming back are any of y'all still here <laughs> is it just me well there's at least two of us here well, me myself and i and then there's this bitch who are you talking about myself oh good <laughs> um, that fits them <laughs> so we have more beers we do i hope y'all do as well uh we have you better you freaking better be drinking at least yeah, one that's more. right Listener, you better be drunk when you're listening to the show. It's the only way you're going to like it. Yeah. I mean, hell, what, that, that's why we drink, because we don't like it. It's true. Um, so we are drinking Technomancer, uh, which is a Dippa. A, a Dua Lipa. Double IPA. Oh. It's uh, from Modern Times, which is out of San Diego. What's fun about Modern Times uh, is that they're pretty detailed uh, on their cans about what is actually in the can. Um, so this hops-wise has brew-1, whatever the F that means. It's got to be something experimental, some uh, dumb new... You know, doing in-house. You know, hop strain that they genetically modified to give us <coughs> cancer. Uh, so it has... Cancer, otherwise known as Brew Dash One. Uh, I'm just kidding. This has not been proven to give us cancer yet. Strata, Strata, exactly. uh, Galaxy, and Vic Secret. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, it's actual hop strain. Is it really? It, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. That's not. Okay. There's some dumbass hop names. You can tell some drunk got a hold of them. Like that's a great name. Hey man, we'll call this Victoria's Secret. Um. <laughs> Malt wise, there is two row. I don't know what that means. It's a very basic malt. Uh, okay, I'm not it's sure. Like every beer you could ever have had, probably. Uh, and then there's, I, I'm not sure if this is two different lines or the same line. It's oats. And wow, that was terrifying. <laughs> that can just popped on me, and I thought that was a gunshot. He's an idiot. I'm an idiot. Uh, and then white wheat. So why is everything gonna be white? What is wrong with you? I asked the question. I, I'm aware of what you did. It says, "Ready your grill piece for a juice bomb of breathtaking proportions." Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, it's glorious, all-inclusive cruise through tropical waters, and your taste buds have VIP tickets. Uh, it's okay. That's a little. That's a little silly. Um, Welcome to the beer world, Sam. Taste-wise, how are we how are we feeling here? It's very. I like it. I do. Ooh. Yeah, I like Ooh, it. That's fun. It's it's not your straightforward hazy boy, but hmm. this is some different notes there. It's definitely creamy. Yeah. That's the oats kicking in hard. It said oats or flaked oats. 
oats. Okay. They're probably flaked oats. The same thing. Some dumb process they do. I don't, I don't know. That's where you get some body stuff from. That creamy mouthfeel. Everyone likes a good creamy mouthfeel. Now, anyways. Um, yeah, I like this one a lot. It's a it's a fun one. I'm glad I happened to see it. It was one of the only two tall boys at the store today. Thank you, store. You know, sometimes, you know, things happen for a reason. It could be for no good reason, honestly. All right, that's enough of that dumb <laughs> bit. Um, what are we talking about now, Sam? Uh, we're talking about music, actually, in case um, that wasn't clear. We're talking about uh, track number eight on Penny and Sparrow's record, Wendigo. Uh, it's called A Kind of Hunger. This is a really fun one um, for me. Not like It's not a fun song, necessarily, <laughs> but... Um, Jeez. I'm a sucker for slide guitar in any form, whether it be actual guitar or like pedal steel or anything. That particular sound has so much depth to it. Um, this whole song has a very haunting essence to it. Um, and this is absolutely amplified by their use of slide guitar in this song. Um, no, that's good. I mean... For me, this is very much not a fun song, I wouldn't say. Um, it, I, I misspoke on that one. Because <laughs> for me, it sounds like someone uh, who is very, very massively depressed uh, and is on the verge of uh, taking their own life. The song itself is just stressful. Like, it is just sonically busy, and it's this constant build and then release of tension it just comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and it's just this it's almost like the song is breathing um, which I find interesting in the fact that in uh, the second verse it says breath uh, in the end is a thing to be spent I I don't know like, it's weird to think of breath as a currency is that more like don't waste your breath don't like you know like you only have so many, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to spin them wisely, I guess. Yeah. Could be kind of what he's leading into there. Um, nah, I mean, it's just... I don't know. Like, it's just heavy. It, it, he says each death comes with a set of reasons. That almost feels like he's writing, like, a suicide note. Like, yeah. It. I don't know. It's just intense. Like, um, I also don't... It's, I think it's somebody trying to, what's the word I'm looking for, ha, trying to rationalize mm. doing that. And, mm. you know, oh yeah, each, each, you know, what what are the reasons here? You know, I like try and like be able to give those reasons. Yeah. When I, I think they've already explored on this record that death has no rhyme or reason. He is just told what to do. You know, he's comes and he goes mm. you know it's, it's what so it's kind of a, a fun play back to earlier themes where this is now the human element here talking and trying to rationalize oh. death okay. um it's kind of cool to see the differing mm. sides of that interesting um yeah i'll, I'll just read some lyrics here it says um 
we'll start from <clears throat> the chorus-ish, I suppose. It doesn't really feel like the song has one. It says, make it stop, make it all swim around me. You don't own a thing, gonna drown, let you see, make it stop. And at that point, the song actually does cut out. Like, it just does stop. It's the most defined stop. Yeah. It says, make it all quit around me. Um, brother, meet me underwater, deep and just a little farther. And this lyric just is a kick to the teeth. It says, each lungful pulls a little harder. Woof, dude. Come care about me. Come care about me. Like this person is literally and metaphorically drowning. Um, and just it's just a struggle. Like existence or whatever has become a struggle. Um, and he's just saying, make it stop. Make it quit. I just, I can't. It's heavy. I, it, it's gorgeous. And it's, so this, this next piece really hits with me along that theme here it's it's changing watching you with wonder you're less and getting even younger dying is just a kind of hunger it's so going back to the idea of suicide there Mm. the dying is just the hunger for something else something more you know something's got to be better than this um and then it comes again with that come care about me come care about me <sighs> these are I mean these are heavy lyrics um, and again it's another one where if you weren't paying attention mm. you would completely miss what they're talking about and that's okay like every, like that's the beauty of music is that it does different things for different people and you're not meant to just completely like absorb every bit of every track of every song every album you've ever listened to that's not how music works um mm-hmm. there are things that catch your ear the things that catch your heart the things that catch your mind things you're like what the hell he just say <laughs> you know um boy what and so that, that's what i think is one of the, the coolest things about penny and sparrow is that they're this cool band that makes really cool sounds right and people can just not dive into their stuff at all lyrically, not pay any sort of attention other than the fact that they are, are having cool melodies and cool harmonies and their songs are are pretty, right? They have really well-orchestrated songs. Um, but I do think they're one that is worth taking a dive into their lyrics throughout their entire catalog. I mean, they have some really deep stuff if you want to spend the time yeah. looking into it. A Kind of Hunger is just gorgeous. Um, we move from there into... I'm going to tie these two together. <clears throat> one is... The, the first one's called Well, You Know It Ends Well. And the one after that's called Javert. Um, or Javert, if you're thoroughly American. Um, Don't be American. It's Javert on this one. Come on, guys. <laughs> be, a, um, be a little cultured. Little, just a little... Just try well, you know it ends well is very tongue-in-cheek, right? The song literally <laughs> says, well, you know it ends. Well, you know it ends. So it's, is it an admission? Like, well, you know it ends. Or is it like a hopeful statement of, you know it ends well. You decide. And uh, 
following a kind of hunger, that particular little tiny track has a lot of thought-provoking meaning there. Mm. Well, you know it ends well. Or, well, you know it ends, well, you know it ends, well, you know it ends. Right. You know, it just kind of depends on how, how you perceive the lyric there. And that's kind of fun. I think it comes at the right point in the album because it's kind of this taste break. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's this, this, this kind of this taste break uh, going into Javert. Um, and Javert is, this is another old school, quote unquote, opinion Sparrow tradition. Uh, they've done the whole Les Mis bit three times previously. They had a song called uh, Valjean in their record Ten Boom. They had Fantine in Struggle Pretty, and they had Eponine in Let a Lover Drown You. Uh, and this kind of completes that four-piece um, Javert and Wendigo. <clears throat> I, I, this song is etched in my brain because when we saw them live... Uh, on A&M's campus <laughs> before they started singing it and he said would like to let everyone know that every word that I have said here is uh, entirely honest or something just ridiculous like that because let's be honest everyone uh, they do say the fuck word here they do say the fuck word and that's not I don't believe they've cursed before or after this. I don't, I don't think that they have. I could be wrong. They definitely will cuss live. That's definitely something that's going to sure. happen, and it's probably going to be the fuck word at least once. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not particularly well-read on Les Mis, um, and I feel like I'm missing a lot just by not uh, having read that book or seen the play, so... I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot here that I'm missing, and I'm, I'm not sure I can contribute a whole lot here. Uh, I do think it's funny that he says, well, fuck how I feel. It's a bad gauge of realness, and I would like love where facts are in play. Um, honestly, I feel like this song is just plucked out of the Les Mis narrative and just kind of got inserted into Wendigo. I agree. And we're on to the third song in our trilogy here. I'm kind of playing with death here. It's called Moniker. And it also says part three. (laughs) So, yeah, like we've said, this is the end of the death trilogy, um, as if death itself was speaking to us. Uh, Much like the title would suggest, it's this discussion of the different names that we associate with death. Uh, the first verse says, quote-unquote, liar. And death speaks and says, I've gone by that moniker. I've been called plague. I've been, quote-unquote, going home and justice. I'm old as time, and I'm whatever I need to be when I knock upon your door. It's cool. Like That's just really cool songwriting, and to think of death just as this name. And... and- it's almost that death has so many names that he has no name because you don't know when he's going to come because you don't know his actual name. Mm. That's that's something that made me think of when I was digging through this. I was like, that's, that's perfect. It's also kind of interesting to watch death get declawed, as it were. 
they even say as much in the song. Um, but it says, some will be afraid, some will invite me over long before I call them. But I still go, I'm still gonna go. Uh, never the kind to be late, I will arrive when I say, weird lyric here, some kaleidoscope in space. Kind of a cool idea. Um, a guarantee, I am Phantom and Sting, but I've been declawed. And the song ends, quote unquote, old news. I've been reduced to what you check under beds for or closets. It's going back to that kaleidoscope idea. When you think of a kaleidoscope, you think of patterns, right? But the patterns are ever changing as you rotate whatever piece of that kaleidoscope. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like you see the pattern of death, but the death truly has a changing pattern and it's never really the same, you know, like, you know, grabbing mm -hmm. people at any different time, um, at different, depending on where you're looking from, it's going to look different. You know, from his point of view, it's, it, it is pretty, it, but it, it mm -hmm. but it's also random and it's also a pattern of continual death. And it, I don't know, it's just a weird way that the way he words that there is a cool thought of death as a kaleidoscope well so what do you mean you said continual death like well i mean not, not like death continues to happen hmm. like and that's what i mean but it's not like continuously dying it's like death happens here it happens there it's always happening but he has this kaleidoscope so that however the light hits just right as you as times twist right as you're just kind of going through and something clicks and there he is. Mm. The light hits just right and it's this this moment, you know, where this becomes, I don't know, I, I don't know how to, I don't know. It's just a weird thought there of like kaleidoscope. It's this little, you play with it as a toy. It's this dumb right. twisty thing where you look at lights and it does pretty things. No, but I, I do and, like that discussion of death as, well, viewing death through perspective, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, is death this daily occurrence? Is death this quarterly occurrence? Is it every lifespan? Like, what's the cadence at which death occurs? And I think the discussion of a kaleidoscope really puts that into perspective. Does anybody know how a kaleidoscope works? I mean, literally? Oh, absolutely not. Exactly. Like, I'm sure it's some dumb scientific thing, right? You know, like, I explain it. <laughs> But like that, like it's something you've never like. People don't think about why that's cool. Like why? Mm. Why does that work the way it does? Mm. It's death. Like, cool. Like w we, there is no true rhyme or reason to why it is the way it is. That's, I don't know. It's a cool way to wrap up the idea of this death from death's perspective. And now Sean's going to tell you about Rivertown. So the next one. <laughs> Damn it, Sam. Um, the next song is uh, Rivertown. Um, <laughs> it's not a long song. Um, no, Rivertown and Let Me Be Crucial kind of run together. Uh, there were many, many times that I thought this was the same song. I honestly was not aware that they were two different songs nope. uh, my first several listens through um, I find an interesting 
coming off the heels of that discussion of a kaleidoscope that Rivertown opens and says, when you're a kid, it's a monster changing shape at its leisure. Uh, we grow up great pretenders. I don't know. It's just, there's not honestly a whole lot of uh, meat on these bones of these two songs. Uh, I don't know. My, the only note that I have here is that Rivertown is actually uh, in the There's a Lot of Us in Here video. Both um, Andy and Kyle go into a coffee shop. The coffee shop is called Rivertown. That's the only real note that I have here. Um, but weirdly, Rivertown arguably my favorite song on the record yeah i know then why the hell did you defer it to me um anyway but it's just <laughs> it's just i don't know it's very pleasant uh, every time i would hear the song I, would, I don't know i just really enjoyed the song for what it was even though it clocks in at a minute and six seconds anyway crucial i have nothing to say here you were the first of our lives. You are my postcard to lay beside. Cool. That's it. Just a little, uh, something that maybe some sort of memory. I don't know. Hmm. So Sean's going to tell you about the car mic. Right after Sam does. <coughs> Sean didn't. So the car mic, um, honestly, I think is a really cool song to end the record with. Uh, I'll just start reading here and, you know, feel free to cut me off. And this was my notice. I just wanted to read here. Uh, if how it goes is a grand goodbye and final picture show, then B. In the end, uh, the car mic with a hip flask and your friends. Uh, and we all want to find that life like kissing, at least for a while, that fills up what's missing. But I don't know everything. Later, when Shuffle Man arrives to tuck you in, try to recall how your father's face was handsome after all. And I hope that death, like love and like Jesus, will steal our breath if they come. I believe it, but I don't know everything. What to do? We are nonplussed on the subject. <coughs> Excuse me. I lost my, my comeback. What to do? We are nonplussed on the subject of what's true. I'll turn a corner when I can say I'm unafraid of being wrong again, saying, I don't know. There's no shame in it. Or I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. So something that kind of stands out about this this particular song to me is the culmination of the ideas of life and death, right? Um, we've kind of they've kind of gone all through all over the place with that spectrum, mm -hmm. even looking at death from death's perspective. Um, when it says later the shuffle man arrives to tuck you in, try to recall how your father's face was handsome after all. Mm. It's like when 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 he, death comes you know yeah. try to remember that you know something good um and it's here saying i don't know there's no shame in it there's no shame in death you know it it is what it is or i'm lost i'm lost i'm lost yeah I, 
I, I feel like there's a there's a look at the differences or lack thereof between life and death. You know, it's I, I don't know. It's, it, it's definitely a thought provoking piece here. Yeah, I I don't know. This whole album feels like this unanswered question on the discussion of death. Like they. It feels like a research paper that you have studied forever and ever, and at the end of the research, you're like, uh, I don't know. Because at the end of this, they just say like... Because there are no answers. Oh, about a hundred times. You know, like it's, it's that... I think death is something that's perplexed humanity for as long as humanity has been. Right. And it's a weird-ass thing, because, you know, it's like that... It's a, it is a departure. Yeah. But is, is it a departure to good? Is it a departure to an end? To no nothing? Is it a departure to evil? Like what happens? Like it, it's not something that is definitive. I mean, it is a very definitive thing. But it, like the idea of what it means is yeah. not. I like that discussion earlier of the shore and how death is like that medium piece between, you know, what you understand the land usually and then the great open ocean and how that's just undefined you look at it and you're like it's terrifying what could be out there i genuinely don't know and if you've ever been to a beach in texas you don't know what's been in six inches of water because it's so murky you can't see it like the ocean is this weird thing you know like you like even in crystal clear water you can only see so far Like, like like you know and i think that there's lots to be thought of when it comes to that, the, the idea of death. Um, and it's not a f- fun topic necessarily, but the, I, the conversations that can be had around it are phenomenal. And I think this album does a great job of exploring different ideas. And, you know, I think my, some of my favorite parts is about looking at death or, or looking from death's perspective on death, you know, like this idea of, death as a being that humans have created over the years, you know, the Grim yeah. Reaper, you know, um, it's cool. And to be able to see it from that side, I was, I was like, I never thought of it like that. Mm. You know, yeah. like, that guy's just trying to, you know, do what he does. And <laughs> right, like, whatever. he's just a certainty, right? You know, he, death and taxes, the only That's, things to guarantee. Right. You know, but, so, yeah, it's, with all that in mind, l- let's give this a soft grade here. I know this is Sean's least favorite part, but like, if you were to roll up this record and just give it a very subjective grade, what are you going to give it? Um, I wouldn't say that this record is for everybody. I wouldn't say that Penny and Sparrow is for everybody. Um, but I do think that everybody could gain something from listening to... These guys, you know, they're mm. different. They're they're something that I... They have things that I haven't seen other places. You know, they, they have things that make you think. Whether that be just a sound you haven't heard before, interaction on stage. Um, I don't, I'm not going to put a number on it, Sam, so uh, good luck with that. But I, I think that this album is... It's, it's a great look at how music can make you stop mm. and think and there's lots of air on this album so like there's lots of dead space is not the right word but there's lots of space to interject your own 
thoughts into lyrics and sounds and I think that music in particular has a special way about being able to put people's own thoughts on things and own own interpretations on it more than just about any other medium I can think of like there's so much room for interpretation that I don't really know where to take it that's why I hate putting grades on it Sam likes to do it um so I'll I'll give him a uh, no numbers at all, but for me this record is just a solid A. Like it is pleasant musically. It is it is both for music nerds and for the more uh, casual pe- listener. Yeah, like the more just everyday man, like the pedestrian. I like music. Um. I don't know. It's just really well done. I, I'm really proud of these guys. It's been fun to watch them develop uh, between Little Ever Drown You, Ten Boom, Struggle Pretty, Wendigo, uh, Finch, and their new record, Ollie Ollie. Um, if I had any other closing remarks, I would say go see them live. They're coming to Dallas if you're in the area in yeah. April. Um, I'll be there somewhere. I'll be there. Come find me. Come find us. We're not going together. So. No, I no, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's despise this guy. Um, folks, we had a lot of fun talking about when to go. Next time, we're, we're I think we're gonna have a, have on a friend. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, we haven't told him that yet, but um, <laughs> we're hoping to have on a friend. If not, we'll have to call an audible, as we have done many times in the past. But I think uh, he'll be excited to come hang out it's not that hard get to come drink beer with some friends and talk about shit that you'd probably would have been talking about anyway um so friends have a great time listen to this record we'll see you later hasta la vista